Back to the Anime Summon Newscast. It's your favorite host, Sam the Bomb. Oh man, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's been a rough week. Just like mentally, mostly mentally. And I sometimes like I don't know how to process it, and I just like end up going off about whatever the fucking. Oh man, I am thankful that I have recording time. Like I get to record the newscast and podcast every week. Of, it's like a good place for me to be. I'm happy. I'm always happy having a good time. I just want to thank you guys for that. I love you guys. It's fucking awesome. So thank you so much for allowing me to continue to just talk your ear off and be annoying and yell and scream at Nick all the time. Fucking love it. But yeah, it's been a fucking weird week. I don't know. Maybe it's the weather changing or I don't know. People being little bitches and just being dicks. I don't know. Bunch of stuff. But if you guys ever need someone to talk to, you can always come to our Discord and talk and just be like, Sam, I'm having this problem. I got a rock in my shoe. Dude, take off your shoe. Dump the rock out. Boom. Done. Dunions. Dunions! There was a word for that. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, let's fucking start this off, right? Fucking... This is really sad, and I didn't know about this one until today, and this was like a couple days ago. It was like four or five days ago. Um... But the voice actor for Inferno Cop passed away in a motorcycle accident. He was 40 years old. Fucking A, dude. So sad. And also, uh, and his name was uh, Junichi Goto, by the way. Okay, he was also in Luluko. He was also in Gridman. And he was in Conan, Ninja Slayer from animation. Um, he passed away in a motorcycle accident. And the Konami Code creator, Kazuhisa Hashimoto... Also passed away. He was 61 years old. He was the creator of the Konami Code. Um, he worked on the NES port of Gradius, which launched in 86. Um, and the story behind it is he found Gradius just really difficult during testing. He was like, I can't get past this shit. How am I supposed to test this fucking shit if I can't even get past it? So he added a code that would grant the player free power-ups. And... It was dubbed the Konami Code, and they ended up putting that code in, in many other games. And they put it in Contra, Castlevania. They put it in DDR. There's you can even find it in the Metal Gear games. It's in uh, the Akari Warriors game, even. Um, or no, Akari Warriors is BBA or something. ABBA. I don't know. Anyway, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. BA start. That is the Konami Code. It's often referenced in many many anime as well which is really funny like if you've ever seen helsing ultimate it's referenced in uh in there uh the konami code it's really funny i i love it i love it and i'm very sad that that happened so this episode is for junichi goto and kazuhisa hashimoto this episode's for you guys rest in paradise okay so first off we're gonna start off with the non-anime news and then the anime news and we're gonna get it popping but um, I must say, this is going to be a long newscast. I have a lot of stuff to talk about. So, 
Um, I, and of course, I might miss some things. I hope I didn't, though, because I was looking for hours on all this stuff. So check it out. Okay, so sit tight and have fun. Put me on in the background. Maybe I'll do slow ASMR talk the whole time. No, God, that would be fucking annoying. I would not listen to a podcast where they just did it the whole time. Can't do it. Here we go. Uh, some video gaming Overwatch news. There's this new event that started February 25th. So a couple, this started like three days ago. Fucking A. Um, uh, it goes from February 25th to March 9th. Uh, it's the Mardi Gras event, and there's a Ash skin that you can get, which is pretty cool. Um, she's wearing like a Joker, almost like a Joker outfit. It's like green and purple, and Bob is decked out all like in casino wear, it looks like, and he's got the beads around his neck. So there you go. Um, Mardi Gras event, check that out. Um, Fuser. This looks fucking cool. This new game called Fuser, which is a new game from the creators of Rock Band. Where you become a DJ. Um, there's They've already announced 16 songs for it. Um, yeah, it's by Harmonix. Harmonix was... They originally did... Um, they were the original creators of Guitar Hero. And then when Activision bought Guitar Hero before Guitar Hero 3, they branched off and they made Rock Band. And now they're making this game called... Uh, Fuser, where you're a DJ. They've already announced 16 songs. Uh, In the Club by 50 Cent, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, Don't Feel the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, uh, Don't Let Me Down by The Chainsmokers featuring Daya, We Got Rock to Casbah by The Clash, uh, Born This Way by Lady Gaga, Old Town Road with Lil Nas X, Billy Ray Cyrus, Good as Hell from Lizzo, uh, Better Now, Post Malone, All Star by Smash Mouth. Like, um, it looks... It looks like a friggin' harmonics game. Like, that's that's for sure. Um, it almost kind of, like, and you got the star power and everything. It almost seems a little reminiscent of, like, of, like, you put records, you put records down, right? And there's vocals and drums, and you put records down on each thing, and then you make beats, and you do it up. It almost kind of looks like... It's weird. I don't know. I don't know how. This is a freestyle trailer I'm watching. You just play songs and put them down. Um, but like, so if I click on the red record on my controller, and then click on one of the records on the top, like All Star or Billie Eilish or whatever, um, then I will get the vocals from that track. It's almost kind of like drop mix, you could say. So I don't know. It looks exciting. We'll see. Um, you know. Rhythm games have kind of fell off the earth, you know, after the rock band boom and Guitar Hero and all that stuff. It kind of started fading away. DDR started fading away, and I can I can have a whole discussion why why that happened, but we can talk about that some other time. If you'd like to know um, what I think happened to DDR, I'll tell you. Um, you can talk to me on Discord. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is a new rogue light puzzle hybrid game. This is really cool. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. It looks like um, if you ever played Tetris Attack or if you've ever played uh, Wario Woods, it's almost like that. Um, but you go through you go through dungeons by going through this little. Each room is like a puzzle thing, and you kind of match things and destroy things. You can equip equ- equipment to give you add-ons to help you get through the dungeon and get through certain puzzles. It looks really fucking cool. If you're a fan of Shovel Knight definitely hit that up i have shovel knight on steam and i still haven't played it i fucking wanted that game for so long and i never played it i gotta play it if you ever played shovel knight let me know 
Um, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, Shadow of the Colossus and Sonic Forces are free for March. So get on that, okay? Uh, Zerud is the new Dark Grass mythical Pokemon that they announced. Remember last week we talked about, ooh, there's a new Pokemon. Looks like a weird gorilla monster thing. It is, and we were right. It actually was. It's actually a monkey. He looks like um. He looks like a, what does he look like? He kind of looks like a mandrill, but he is, he's like black and gray with green, like gauntlets on his arms, um, with like a mask, not a mandrill, but like, what's the, there's a monkey out there that's got like fur coming out of its face, um, a type of, a type of monkey. And I'm trying to remember what the name of it is, but it almost looks like, it's really cool. Actually, it looks cool, but he is the new mythical Pokemon that is being introduced and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the anime section because we got some anime news on that bitch. Tom Holland praises Sony's plan to transition Spider-Man out of the MCU. After negotiations between Sony and Disney over the film rights to Spider-Man appeared to fail, it looked like the web-slinger would be leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. While an eventual deal was made and a third MCU Spider-Man film has been announced, actor Tom Holland is happy with the way Sony would have handled the character. During an interview with MTV International about the upcoming Pixar film Onward, Holland was asked about his excitement for Spider-Man's official return to the MCU. And he said, Do you know what? I'm super excited. The future for Spider-Man was still very bright with Sony. We had a really, really wonderful idea how we could sort of transition into into a Spider-Man without the MCU. Tom Rothman and Amy Pascal were really confident in what they were going to do, that they were going to do justice to make a film of the caliber that Spider-Man requires. So apparently the Sony versions of those films were going to be pretty cool. Um, but he still returned to saying that Holland, the Holland Spider-Man belongs in the MCU and he wants to continue with the MCU. Uh, Disney C by, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard this news, but Bob Iger uh, announced he is the CEO of Disney. He announced that he would be stepping down. Um, comments were finally made by Disney's new CEO, uh, Bob Chepik, and he said, I am incredibly honored and humbled to assume the role of CEO in what I truly believe is the greatest company in the world. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know about that. And to lead our exceptionally talented and dedicated cast members and employees, Chepik said in a statement, Bob Iger has built Disney into the most admired and successful media and entertainment company, and I have been lucky to enjoy a front row seat as a member of his leadership team. Uh, well, I don't really know what that means. You know, maybe we won't really feel the effects of that at all so i don't know but you know you never know Some, sometimes things go down paramount animation and wwe studios have released the first trailer and poster for their first animated film rumble um this is more of a teaser it's not so much of a a straight up trailer but um superstars becky lynch and roman reigns are set to star in the film alongside will arnett as the main character this will be Lynch's first major role outside the ring. Reigns recently starred in Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw as one of the cousins of Dwayne Johnson's character Arnett is best known for voicing Batman in the Lego movies. Um, yeah, no, it, I saw the teaser. It looks kind of cute. I mean, it's just as big. Basically, there's it, it's it's it takes place in this kind of futuristic kind of world in which um, big kaiju monsters live among humans. And... Uh, they live in their own kind of separate part of the world and they come, they have this entertainment wrestling federation in which these kaiju monsters wrestle each other. So like 
it's kind of cool. It's called the w- WMW is what it's called. It looks kind of cute. I, I mean, the character designs are kind of kind of shitty. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of 3D animation lately in the way it, most of it looks, um, depending on what movie it is. Obviously, I'm a fan of, like, Pixar stuff and um, some other things. But, like, I've always hated the way, like, Shrek looks and uh, those other DreamWorks movies that have come out. The only other DreamWorks cg film i like is kung fu panda i like the kung fu panda movies that's for obvious reasons because it's panda face johnson and kung fu it's like two of my favorite things um but like other the other ones all the other ones that have come out like like uh fucking what is that one the one with the fucking minions those ones like i don't like any of those um i've heard the how to train your dragon movies are good but i've never seen them so that's probably something i should get on because i want to see them but yeah I don't know, man. It's it's uh it's uh this one actually looks pretty good. So and actually, this is Paramount Animation. It's not really uh, DreamWorks, but still, CG animated animated films are like I don't know. They're like a dime a dozen nowadays, and they just they all look kind of poopy sometimes. But anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog early drafts included a Super Sonic. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, this uh, contains spoilers. Um, but I was trying to find. I was looking through this article and I was trying to find like pictures of it and I couldn't find it. But apparently there were early drafts of uh, and drawings of and things about how like the in the movie they were going to have him turn into supersonic, which I guess he doesn't. So I don't know. We'll see. The, apparently the movie is doing really well. So we might, you know, see what's up. Um, and so, which brings me to the next piece. The Sonic director explains why Knuckles is not in the film. Um, for the first film, we were really just looking at the 1991 game just to see where it all started and just to keep it simple, just really trying to nail Sonic and Robotic and just set up their rivalry because, because that's what's best. I mean, I love, there's a lot of great characters in the Sonic universe, but it's the most important thing is just to get Sonic set up and just tell a little bit of the orange story within the, within him, which makes sense. I mean, you don't want to throw a bunch of, you know, they're trying to cater to a wider audience. And though for us fans, we know who Knuckles is, we know who Tails is. You have to remember that the original Sonic game was just Sonic and Robotnik. Those were the two main characters, and that was it. The rest of the characters were enemies, robots, the animals that were being controlled like within the robots. And then we didn't get Tails until Sonic 2. We didn't get Knuckles till Sonic 3. And then, you know, that's just it just went from there. So, uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I that makes a lot of sense. I imagine in the next film, if they make a sequel... We'll see Tails, maybe, or we'll see, you know, we'll see Knuckles as well. I don't know. But, you know, if they make another one. I heard it's doing really well, so. Um, Winnell, the director, Leigh Winnell, the director of the new Invisible Man movie, was never going, they stated that it was never going to be part of the Dark Universe. The Invisible Man was always meant to be a standalone film, according to director Leo Winnell. On the latest episode of Cinema Blend's Real Blend podcast, Winnell was interviewed by the host, who asked the director of the film if it was meant to be part of the Dark Universe. It had been mentioned, Winnell responded. He also said that there were no plans to integrate it into the shared universe. No, nothing, and it was only ever treated as a standalone film. At no stage did someone call me and say, Oh, hey, by the way, we'd love it if we could have a cameo from Dr. Jekyll in the movie. Or we'd love if you could come and look at some of our plans, Winnell continued. It was only ever treated by Universal as a standalone film, and they were so supportive of it and had a lot of great ideas. These people are really smart people. So a lot of the notes I was getting from them were helping the film. Um, 
I would also also said that actor Johnny Depp was never in contention for the role of the titular antagonist for the version of the film he developed. Um, the so I was kind of like taken aback by this. Um, I didn't know, not to, I wouldn't say that's that's making it seem exaggerated, but um, the the apparently there was supposed to be a thing called the Dark Universe, which was. A cinematic universe using the Universal monster uh, films, monsters. So Frankenstein's monster, the Phantom of the Opera, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula, Creature from Black Lagoon. Um, you know all of them. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure if, if that's going to happen. I thought there was another thing, like with the new Swamp thing that came out and everything like that. I thought there was something that was supposed to happen like that. I know there's there's like that monster verse happening right now with uh, Godzilla, and the next one's going to be like Godzilla and King Kong, which is also confusing because people were like weren't sure if the 2014 Godzilla film was part of that, which apparently it is. Um, but yeah, um, the the film is technically supposed to be like a metaphor for domestic violence and a horror thriller at the same time. So I'm not sure if like they really wanted it to be part of some bigger universe. I don't know. But like I said in the original article, it was supposed to be, uh, it was always treated as a standalone film. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, th- there was, I guess there was a, a another movie where uh, original plan for the dark universe was, was for its films to be linked via the Prodigium, a secret society dedicated to hunting supernatural threats run none other than by Dr. Henry Jekyll. Oh, okay. Hmm. That would have been cool. I don't know, man. We'll see. You know, you might never know. Plus this next thing, maybe this next thing might be part of something bigger. The Candyman trailer dropped. It is the remake of the, of the original horror film Candyman. Um, whereas about a supernatural killer who appears once you look in the mirror and say his name five times produced, uh, being produced also by Jordan Peele, which is very cool. Um, they, they did, they had on the trailer, they had a remix version of destiny child, say my name, which was like really cool. Like a lot of horror films, modern horror films are kind of doing that thing now where they take like a, they take a song and remix it to a point of just uncomfortable scary nonsense like if you remember the movie us which was jordan peele's last film that he did they had like a remix version of uh uh i forgot the name of the song but it's like i put five on it and it was just like a really creepy rendition of it it was really cool um yeah dude i i would de- definitely check out that trailer though for candy man looks super sick super dope um okay here we go these are the big pieces i got uh, Monster Hunter, remember we talked about this, Monster Hunter movie, and they revealed, like, some first looks at Mila Jovovich's character, um, with some set photos, and Tony Jaws' character as well, with some set photos. They revealed two posters today, um, just the one where it's Mila Jovovich holding a big-ass, like, fucking sword, and it looks like it belongs to the jaw of some kind of monster with a handle on it, um... And it says in theater September 4th. And then another one with my boy Tony Jaw. 
Um, looks fucking amazing, man. It looks so sick. I'm really excited to see this. I mean, I'm not super big on Monster Hunter. I've never really played any of the games. But, like, it's a Capcom title, too. So it's like... I mean, video game movies right now are doing really well. We talked about this on the last newscast and how how Detective Pikachu was was probably the best video game adaptation I ever seen and how Sonic was like getting right up there which I still haven't seen yet we're going to see it. I think I'm going to see it next week. Um but now we got these really cool really cool posters of Monster Hunter Tony John Milojovic the two main characters. I think they're playing siblings in the movie. Um but the costumes and weapons look exactly how they're supposed to look. Like that's looks like a fucking monster hunter fucking like straight up honestly it looks really cool and and you know we'll see but um you know we know how capcom and mila jovich handles you know video game movies but we'll see we'll see it could be cool it could be cool you don't know you don't know man calm down just relax okay jesus christ uh xbox series x shows off more specs and details of backwards compatibility microsoft has pulled back the curtain more on the specs of the capabilities of the series x which is coming out at the end of the year along with the PS5, including games backwards compatibility and the continuation of the Game Pass subscription service, which kind of sucks. But um, they quantified that the Xbox Series X graphical power stating the system's AMD custom processor with an AMD RDNA 2 GPU contains 12 T-flops of performance, eight times of that of the Xbox One, and double that of the Xbox One X. So that is pretty cool. Um... The one thing that is, like, really weird is that it looks like a fucking, it looks like a little mini fridge. It looks like a little mini fridge toy, like a novelty mini fridge. It looks like it's got the height of a, I don't know. Like, it looks like, okay, like, you know, you got a, a, a an average-looking computer tower, right? It's like that long, rectangular shape. Cut that in half so it's more of a vertical rectangle. That's kind of what it looks like, probably probably a little bit smaller. I don't know. It looks goofy as fuck. Um, but here's a cool thing, too. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. If you have Xbox One and you have Cyberpunk 2077, um, because the game is kind of coming out a little later in the Xbox One's life, obviously, they said... And you can go to their Twitter. You can go to Xbox's Twitter and Cyberpunk 2077's Twitter. And they said that if you have, if you get Cyberpunk for the Xbox One and later you decide to upgrade to the Xbox Series X, you will get a copy of Cyberpunk 2077 for the Series X for free because you already purchased it on the Xbox One. You will get the Series X version of it for free. Now, that's how it's done. Okay, we we talk a lot about DLC and things like this, and we, you know we've talked about it often on this newscast, and I've mentioned how I've talked about it on my my uh, vodcast show, um, uh, Cards in Hand. We talked about DLC and how was that was going to change the world of gaming and fuck everything up and make everything worse and just be stupid. Um, this is the way to do it. You purchase the game once and that's it. You know what I mean? Um, obviously this is a different case. This isn't necessarily DLC. This is just buying it from one system to another, but I mean, this is pretty cool. It's almost like they're trying to combat that idea a little bit. You don't want to buy a game twice. Okay. Um, it's like if I bought street fighter four on the PS three 
and then later it came out on the PS4 because the PS4 was so close to coming out, and it's like, well, shit, now I gotta buy it again because everyone's playing on PS4. That didn't happen, obviously. We have Street Fighter Five on the PS4, but, like, still, you know what I mean? It's just, like, that's really cool that they're doing that, so I'm glad they're kind of they're kind of doing it. They're giving everyone a next series copy of Cyberpunk for free, so that's pretty sweet. Speaking of PlayStation, though, PlayStation boss confirms six key PS5 features. Um... Holiday 2020 is what they're talking about, okay? Um, Ryan said, These key features represent just a taste of the innovation that the next-gen Sony console will come packing. In fact, Ryan notes some of the console's biggest and most unique features that separated from the PS4 haven't even been revealed yet. That said, what Ryan can confirm is that the console will have future-proof technology that includes a high-speed SSD, 3D audio, Ultra HD Blu-ray, hardware-based ray tracing, and a new controller that features haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. Um, pretty much none of the stuff I was really hoping to read about. But anyway, uh, the SSD and uh, the the new controller is more about what I'm excited about. But that's pretty sick. I mean, I, I, I'm excited for the PS5. I just got a PS4 technically only like two, three years ago. Shout out to Aquanips. But it's just like, and I've been using it a little bit more here and there. I'll probably will continue to use it. Um, if I ever get a PS5, it's my understanding that the Switch is is the current Nintendo front runner, right? And now we have the Switch Lite. It probably is going to be for another two, three years, to be honest with you. It's my understanding that this is going to be another PS3, Xbox 360, Wii situation. Where they had said, people were saying that after the PS3... And after the Xbox 360 comes out, and after the Wii comes out, and I'm going to look it up right here quick. Hold on a second. Uh, PS3. They uh, they said that after these three systems were all out, um, that there were not going to be any new consoles for uh, eight to ten years. Okay. Now, was that necessarily the case? Well, the PS3 came out in 2006. Um, the the slimmer version came out in 2009. And then the super slim version came out in 2012. And then they were discontinued in 2016. So the PS3s came out in 2006. Okay. The PS4 then came out in 2013. So that's seven years later. Six, seven years later. So that's pretty close. Um, you know, the Wii had the Wii U, but do we really count the Wii U? I don't know. But that's, that's, that's true. You know what I mean? Every time a new system has come out, it's, it takes six to seven years. Okay. So the PS4 came out 2013, six, here we are seven years later and we're about to get the PS5. So, I mean, when it said, when they say future proof, I wonder what that really means. Like, and maybe I should just hop on and get a PS5 right away. But then again, Every time new console comes out, they have a bunch of problems. So that, that's why I tend to wait a while. You know, I wait uh, a little bit. Um, there's still a lot of PS4s out there that have the blue light of death. Um, I just actually, I just actually just fixed a PS4 uh, the other day. I took it apart, had to clean it up. We uh, moved some screws around, uh, cleaned out the dust cover, cleaned out the fan, and it was tough. Um, it, it, maybe it wasn't tough, but it was very time consuming. It was very annoying. Um, but taking out the fan was probably the, the difficult part. Um, but anyway, I digress. But we'll see. 
We'll see what happens. I think I definitely might wait a year before getting a PS5. I might wait a little longer. They said it was going to be like $400 or something, didn't they? Didn't they say that? Let me hold on. Let me look it up. I think it says down here, doesn't it? Uh, hold on. No, you know what? I'll look it up right now. Hold on. PS5. Who's getting a PS5? Let me know. I want to know which one. Oh, 400 some dollars. Okay. Hold on. 470. Do 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 do. Predicted PS5 price 499. Oh, okay. I think that's Yeah, I think that's what they said, right? Or did they say 450? I don't remember. I thought someone in our Discord said it. But anyway, let me know if you're getting um a PS5. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how many people are getting a PS5 or an Xbox One or, you know, whatever have you. So let me know. Let me know what's good in the hood. That concludes our non-anime news. As we get into our anime news, we got a lot of upcoming anime hype. We got some other other fun things for you. So uh, stick around. But first, let's take a small break right here. Boom, check that out for me, okay? And always links.animesummit.net. You can find everything right there. Discord, Twitter, Instagram, everything, YouTube channels. Also, I just realized that I had not uploaded last week's episode up onto YouTube. So along with this week's episode with Noxie, I will upload those to YouTube. Shout out to the Project Manga Podcast. Shout out to Noxie for guesting on our latest episode. I, I had a lot of fun. He fucking carried that episode. Just he... And, of course, like, I mean, he was kind of supposed to, I guess, because he was, like, giving us pointers and recommendations. But he, I mean, I didn't even have to, I didn't even say that to him. You know what I mean? Like, he just fucking came on, owned it. I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of you guys have been saying, like, oh, more guests, more guests. You know, anytime I've asked for, like, I did a survey or asked for, like, what should we do? Everyone has always said more guests. I love when you have guests because you guys have like a whole new level of fun added and it's just really cool. So we had the Weebologist, we had Noxie, we had Shocking. I had Shocking on for the holiday special, you know, like it's really fun. And so like me and Danny and Nick are trying to guest on more other podcasts as well, just because we want to just spread the love, be part of the community and have make, keep anime fun, keep this fandom fun and just positive for everyone and I just fucking love it. That's what I'm trying to do. So I want to thank Noxie. Shout out to Noxie. If you haven't been uh, listening to the Project Manga podcast, you definitely should. They cover weekly Shonen Jump every week. Um, when a new chapter comes out, they review each new chapter. And then of, of uh, the, the hottest titles, you know, Demon Slayer, My Hero Academia, uh, Chainsaw Man, do it. And then they also do like a, a you know, a for fun anime show. Uh, so they do two shows a week. They have not done a tangential tie-in in a while, which is the fun anime show that I was, I guess it on two of those. They have not done those in a little bit. Um, but they still do the, the weekly project manga, the weekly manga Shonen Jump review. So definitely do that. Check out project manga. Also check out the Weebologist. Those guys are fucking funny. They're so hilarious. Just two guys chilling and they do a vod, they do a vodcast as well, just like project manga does. And then you can find their stuff on Spotify and anchor and all that stuff. So check them out as well. Very chill. Very awesome. So here we go. Anime news. Let's do it. Bow, 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 bow. Um, here's some upcoming anime, dude. Uh, fucking the a son. Are you kidding me? 
That's what that anime is called. The Ace Sun. Are you kidding me? Um, based on a, I think it's based on a light novel. And the story begins with Shingo Ich Ichinomiya, a normal average employee for a trading company. He wakes up one day to find himself inhabiting the body of Wendelin, a five year old boy and the eighth son of a destitute noble family in a fantasy world. So it's an isekai. Jesus fucking bitch. God. Moving on. I'm not talking about this. <laughs> God. Anyway, the misfit of. <laughs> The Misfit of Demon King Academy. Um, this is an anime that's currently airing right now, I believe. It is being delayed due to COVID-19 coronavirus. So, I'm just going to say this right now, okay? Um, I am not going to... I feel like I bring the mood down every time I bring up the coronavirus on the newscast. Because I did it a couple times last weekend, and I felt bad for it. Um and I, I just realized that I had this open. I wasn't going to say it, and I had it open. I just read it. <laughs> My bad. But there's a lot of things happening with the coronavirus. A lot of studios are delaying things. Um, a lot of conventions are being uh, uh, post either postponed or canceled due to it. I think Japan, starting in March, is closing down all schools for the whole month of March um, and encouraging people to stay home. And it's just... It's just kind of it's just scary. It's it's just scary a little bit, you know. Uh, I I and you know it's you never know. I would encourage you to just do some reading on it and you know kind of be safe, wash your hands, you know things like that, you know. Uh, just be be vigilant of, of your health, especially you know if you feel a certain way, say something. And yeah, it's just scary. It sucks because obviously we want to consume anime, but we also want our creators who make the anime for us to be healthy as well you know what i mean like this it's it's fucking scary so um i promise any other articles i have reading in front of me that have to do with coronavirus i'm not going to talk about i'm just not going to do it just because uh it's scary <laughs> and plus you know i don't want to bring the mood down but anyway wash your hands be vigilant uh blow your nose you know in a tissue paper and not in your shirt and you're good to go be gucci stay safe stay healthy uh, oh, and uh, that water you were supposed to drink today? Drink it. Go get a glass of water. Anyway, we talked about this. Remember? We talked about this. I think it was like a couple months ago. It was like last, like at the end of last year. Pompo the Cinephile. Anime film reveals more staff visual in 2020 opening. Um, Operating out of the movie capital Nollywood, Pompo has been shooting one B-grade entertainment flick after another that anyone would enjoy. One day, Pompo's movie buff assistant, Gene, spots a new script written by Pompo and is moved to the exquisite story by its exquisite story. In a fit of passion, he proclaims, I want to see this as an unfinished work in theaters as soon as possible. However, Pompo tells him, so you shoot the film. Thus, Gene takes on his first directing gig. Meanwhile, Natalie, an ordinary girl who just arrived in town with movie actress dreams, has been discovered by Pompo. So yeah, this is going to be cool. It's going to be, I think this is a movie, right? This is a, a film? Yeah, it's an anime film. And it looks really cute, actually. And I'm excited. I, if you're a fan of Keep Your Hands Off, Isaacan, this seems like something that you'd probably like also. Which, by the way, I love Isaacan, anime of the year. It's, it's I know it's only February, but I don't give a fuck, okay? Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the newscast, it's February 28th, 2020. It's going to be March next week, and it's uh, getting warmer outside, so uh, fuck your mama. Anyway, I'm excited about that. That's really cool. Um, 24th Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize nominees announced. Shut! 
the Asahi Asahi Shimbun paper announced the eight nominees for the 23rd annual Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize on Friday. The awards commemorate the contributions of the manga pioneer Osamu Tezuka by recognizing the manga that best follow his tradition. And the nominees are, drumroll please, bitches. That's an air horn. That is not a drumroll, but that's okay. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba by Koyaharu Gotogi. Kodami Maria Bunkaku Shusei by Yoshiharu Mishima. Alna at the Emplacement, Juzuno Alna by Toru Izu. Spy Family by Tatsuya Endo. Nick Snow Lantern by Ken Takahama. The Blue Period by Tsubasa Yamaguchi. Sarissa of the Noctilucent Cloud by Miki Masuda and Kome. A Brief History of Robo Sapiens by Shimada Taranosuke. That is pretty cool. Um, You would have had to assume that Demon Slayer was going to be on that bitch just because it's literally outselling the shit out of many things right now. Not outselling One Piece, um, but still on its own just for how long it's been out. It's just crazy. So remember Zarud when we talked about that in the video game news? Zarud, the the new mythical Pokemon they revealed. And remember on the newscast, maybe it was last newscast or the newscast before, we talked about how they revealed the new poster and teaser for the new Pokemon movie. Now, if you guys aren't aware of how this fucking works, okay, they always come out with a Pokemon film, and each Pokemon film reveals a new legendary or mythical Pokemon, and they kind of align it with the game release, and that's how it works. That's how it's always worked. It worked that way since the first movie. Um, by the way, Pokemon the first movie remake, the CG remake, dropped on Netflix. So if you want us to review that, let us know. But yeah, the uh, the, the new film star, uh, is called uh, Geki Choban Pocket Monster Coco. The new film story is set in Okoya Forest, a Pokemon paradise protected by strict rules that forbids outsiders from setting foot inside. The film centers on Coco, a boy who was raised by Pokemon and also considers himself as one. Treating the mythical Pokemon Zerud as his father, Ash and Pikachu encounter Coco during an adventure, and the film focuses on the theme of human raised by Pokemon instead of the previous film's focus on the bond between a human trainer and their Pokemon, which is a really fucking weird thing because isn't every Pokemon movie technically about the bond between human and Pokemon? I mean, let's be serial. Be serial for a minute, okay? Bitch. Anyway, uh, given... Anime film teaser video streamed. Hell yeah. So excited. I am so excited for this. Um, If you've never seen Given, definitely you should watch it. It's a great romance anime. But also just like, I don't know, like it, it, it doesn't, it keeps your attention. You know what I mean? It's not boring. It keeps things pretty fresh. I like it. And the dynamic between the characters and the friends, really cool. Really cool show. I really love it. And um, the, the that's going to be followed by a movie. So I'm excited to see that movie. I believe it. They don't have an announced date, do you? Uh, oh no, no, no date yet. I assume it's going to open sometime this summer, but they have not. Um, they have not said when. Um, background Art Studio Ligurus to dissolve in June. The official website for the anime background art company Studio Ligurus. Um, announced on Wednesday that the company will dissolve by June 30th due to various circumstances, quote-unquote. In the announcement, Studio Ligurus representative director Shinichi Uehara stated that the company was in the middle of discussions for work for next year, and in the year after that, 
when the decision had to be made. The company was founded in 2013. The studio has worked on background art such as I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, Ghost in the Shell, The New Movie, Devil Man Crybaby, Lou Over the Wall, Mob Psycho 100, uh, Boruto, Naruto the Movie, Napping Princess, bunch of stuff. Monster Strike the Movie, Gintama the Final Movie, Space Dandy Season 2, World End, Magical Circle, Guru Guru. That's a shame, man. That's a shame. Um, these are pretty cool. If you've never seen these backgrounds, they're pretty sweet. Um, that sucks. And obviously, like, I'd want to know why that's happening, but um, they have not revealed why. So that's all right, but that sucks. That's a shame. Um, Sanrio, more upcoming anime hype. Muko Dreamy TV anime reveals more cast and theme songs in April 5th premiere. So we're getting this in spring. Um, Muko Dreamy, if you've never heard of Muko Dreamy, it is a, it's, it's a, like a sparkly kitty. She's she, she, she's a little uh, cat face, and uh, it is a Sanrio property. Um, but she's a little pink kitty, and she's got little friends. She's got uh, uh, her her name is Mew, and then there's Peko and Sue, and then there's an also a little a little uh, stuffed kitty with stitches. He's like gray with pink pink cheeks. Uh, his name is Uni. He's got a little steampunk cat. It's, it's cats cat faces. There's cat faces everywhere. The story begins when a middle school girl named Yume sees something fall from the sky and meets a pale violet-colored kitten named Mew. It turns out that Mew has the power of Yume's, Yume's synchro, dream synchro, the power to enter dreams, and in the dream world, the girl and Mew collect dream stones. Uh, the character line also has a manga adaptation that launched in Kodansha's Otomodachi and Tanoshi Yochian magazines, so if you ever want to read those, you can. But yeah, fucking cafes. Oh, oh, cute cafes everywhere. Live action, The Promised Neverland film cast Keiko Kitagawa and Naomi Watanabe as Sister Crone and uh, the mother as Mama Isabella. Mama Isabella. Um, they did reveal, they did show the the poster for uh, Isabella and Crone. Um, Naomi Watanabe will play Sister Crone and uh, Keiko Kitagawa will play Isabella. And they also showed a poster, or not a poster, but a photo of the three kids, Emma and uh, Norman and Ray. They look pretty cool, man. Uh, I don't know really. I mean, you could do this. Like, live action, would this would look pretty cool, honestly. It, it might look pretty sweet. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this. I, I, You know, live action anime films, you know, they're a dime a dozen in Japan. But I do love The Promised Neverland. Um, actually the promise Neverland manga is like in, I think it's number nine or 10 and top 10 most sold right now. Uh, the current, uh, year. It's pretty crazy. I love promise Neverland. Sweet. Reddit's 2020 anime awards. Crown set is on my Hugdo precure and attack on Titan. Um, Reddit's most popular anime discussion board. Our anime organizes its own awards featuring both the journey and panel popular vote and a live stream to announce the results. The project is relatively new, but has seen considerable growth since its debut in 2018, jumping from 300 viewers to over 1,000. While the awards are new, our anime certainly is not. The subreddit threads boast 1.3 million subs. Um, Reddit Anime Awards includes a panel of jury members for each award who are asked to view all of the nominees before casting their vote. The awards are broken down into five major categories. The main awards, the genre awards, the production awards, the character awards, and the test awards. Each of individual award includes a winner from the jury selection and public vote as well as four runner-ups. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, anime of the year, they have... Uh, uh, oh, the full winners can be viewed at the Red Anime Awards website. 
The winners from the main and production award categories are listed below. So, here we go. Anime of the Year. Actually, we'll start at the bottom. Best Ending Song. The jury chose Stand By Me by the Peggy's from Zarazanmai. The public chose The Chika Chika Dance from Kaguya-sama Love is War by Konami Kohara. Uh, Best OP. The jury chose Rin Moon Das Cry from Wasteful Days of High School Girls. And public chose Kawaii Oameku by Manami from Domestic Girlfriend. Background art, jury chose Zoku or Owari Managatri. The public chose Vinland Saga. Character design, the jury chose Aikatsu Friends. And the public chose Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. Cinematography would reach the general consensus of B-Stars. Uh, I just said cinematography. I'm so used to fucking saying it now. Fucking Danny. Anyway. Art style, jury chose Hulaing Babies. And the public chose Mob Psycho 102. Animation, there was a consensus for Mob Psycho 102. Best Original Anime, there was a consensus for Sada Zanmai. Movie of the Year, the jury chose Nanan Biori Vacation, and the public chose Faith Say Night, Heaven's Feel 2, Lost Butterfly. Short of the Year, The Girl from the Other Side was chosen by the jury, and the public chose Isekai Quartet 2. Anime of the Year, jury chose Hugto Precure, and the public chose Attack on Titan Season 3 Part 2. So, boom. Shakalaka. If you follow the Reddit, uh, our anime thread, there you go. Okay, remember we talked about this last year, like kind of the end of last year and like in the fall time? Saudi Arabia's manga productions. Toei Animation finished the film The Journey, which was a Saudi Arabian, uh, based on a Saudi Arabian manga. Saudi Arabian media company Manga Productions, manga productions revealed on Monday that it and Toei Animation have finished their animated collab film The Journey. The company also announced that it has signed theatrical distribution deals for the movie with Fox Cinemas in the Middle East and North America region. Ooh. And with Toei's distribution company, T-Joy, in Japan. Manga Productions will premiere the film at the Cannes Film Festival in May. The company plans to open the film this year. As previously announced, Kobun Shizuno, who did Detective Conan films, was directing the film. And Atsuhiro Tomioka, who does the Pokemon films, is writing the script. Um... They have not said the the the, the plot, but they te- they sent they did a teaser trailer for the Woodcutter's Treasure manga productions did, um, but yeah, th- this is clearly has Middle Eastern influence on it as well. Uh, I think the main character is actually is actually Middle Eastern, which is really fucking cool. I'm excited to see what's what. If you want to know more about it, uh, manga productions is a subsidiary of the Prince Mohammed bin Salman Foundation also known as the MISK, and named for Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia. The company aims to create animation, comic, and video game projects to promote Saudi ideas and messages internationally. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, they're making anime. That's awesome. Like, more countries should just have fun making anime, you know? Which, like, you could argue what is anime and what is not, right? It's like, well, anime comes out of Japan. It's like, well, a lot of people consider Avatar and Avatar Legend of Korra anime, you know? So, I mean, it's whatever. But, I mean, it's that's pretty cool. I'm excited to see uh, what, all that, what that will become. Shacho Battle No Jikan Desu. More spring hype, you guys. Um, this looks kind of cute. Um, I actually really love the character designs. It's, like, all different colored hair girls, which I, you've heard me make fun of in the past. But these characters actually look super cute in their outfits. Um it is an isekai, which is b- bogus, but it is an adaptation of a smartphone game called Chacho Battle no Jikandesu 
President, it's time for battle, is what uh, that means. The Isekai alternate world strategy role-playing game is set in a world where dimensional gates suddenly appeared in the skies, opening portals to countless dungeons. The story imagines if the player is a company president who employs adventurers to take on dungeons full of monsters for the treasures that lie within. The player recruits or trains fighters, mages, knights, hunters, rogues, and other classes of employees, and then dispatches the employees into battles. Um, is this smartphone game out for America? I actually would like to play it. Can we play it? Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe after this anime, if it gets popular, you know. Um, but yeah, there's a, here's some more hype. I believe this is coming on the summer. Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time is what it's called. Um, and this actually looks pretty cool, man. Like, the character designs, like, this is like a straight-up knight dude. Like, this, his name is Peter Grill. He looks fucking cool, man. Um, and then Luvalia Sanctos. She's hot, man. She's hot. She's hot. Mimi Alpacas. Well, these girls are cute, man. Holy shit. Oh, this is a fucking harem. I just this is one guy character, Peter Grill, and it's all chicks, all hot chicks. That's fucking funny. Oh, this is totally a harem. Look at this visual novel. God damn it, or visual novel, but key visual. Upon winning a fighting tournament and being crowned the world's strongest warrior, Peter Grill discovers a downside to his newfound fame. Women of all species, from ogres to elves, are scrambling over. Okay, I'm done reading that shit. Yeah, fucking a. Damn it, it looks really cool, and it turns out it's a dumb harem. God, fucking Peter Grill in the Philosopher's Time does not sound like a harem. Fuck off with that. Oh, uh, dude, this is exciting. This is exciting right here. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to save that for the end. We'll save that for the end. Sword Art Alicization War of the Underworld's anime's remaining episodes to premiere on April 25th. Thank God! Fuck! Fucking bitch! That cliffhanger, though. So that's some more spring hype for you if you were watching Alicization. The rest of those are coming out in spring, so I'm excited for that. Words bubble up like a soda pop. Uh, this is an anime film that's coming out, I believe, this 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 spring in May, I think it is. It looks really cute. Um uh, The visual features tendency let's see. Oh right here. Cherry always wears headphones and puts the feelings he cannot utter into his hobby. Japanese haiku poems. Smile always wears a mask to conceal her large front teeth for which she has dental braces. As a popular video star, she streams a video about seeking cuteness. And they meet, and they're cute, and they love each other. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I really love this art style. It looks really fucking cool. Um, the the uh, director is Kyohei Ishiguro. Um, he's done Children of the Whales, which is a, a TV show that premiered last year, Kokoro Connect, Lance and Masks. Uh, he did Iron Blood, some storyboarding for Iron-Blooded Orphans. So I don't know. We'll see. But it looks really cool. Hiroshi Takahashi. If you don't know who Hiroshi Takahashi is, then you probably like your steak well done, and that's uh, that's shitty. But Hiroshi Takahashi is the guy who wrote Crows, uh, QP, Worst. Um, he was a advisor and producer of the Crow Zero movies and Crow Zero mangas. He is currently doing this one called Jank Runk Family, and the manga will start its third part in April. I have not started reading this yet. Um... But yeah, apparently people were waiting for the third part, and it's coming out this April. So there you go. Uh, man, I, I love crows. I love I love fucking gang shit, man. Like that. It's so awesome. Greninja wins Pokemon of the Year in official fan vote. God damn it. Fuck you, Greninja. You're so fucking popular. I don't even know. Um, but here's the top 30. 
uh, and only four Pokemon from the newest generation made it on this this list. But starting from 30, Snom. Yes, I realize that matches my name, and my Pokemon buddies have been calling me that for like the past month. Fuck you, okay? Number 29, Blaziken. Number 28, Sceptile. Number 27, Hydreigon. Number 26, Flygon. Number 25, Corviknight. Corvic? Yeah, Corviknight. Number 24, Lycanroc. Number 23, Zoroark. Number 22, Decidueye. Number 21, Luxray. Number 20, Eevee. 19, Pikachu. 18, Chandelure. 17, Aegislash. 16, Rowlet. 15, Lugia. 14, Toxtricity. That's funny. It's like Toxicity, Toxtricity. Uh, 13, Bulbasaur. 12, Tyranitar. 11, Dragapult. 10, Gengar. 9, Gardevoir. 8, Rayquaza. 7, Garchomp. 6, Sylveon. 5, Umbreon. 4, Charizard. 3, Mimikyu. Number 2 is Lucario. Number 1 is Greninja. The four Pokemon that made it on this list from the newest generation were Snom at number 30, Corviknight at number 25, Tox- Toxtricity at number 14, and Dragapult at number 11. Um... Uh, and then there's it goes on to list the top ten of each generation what people like, and we're not gonna I'm not gonna read all those. This fucking eight generations of fucking mons for God's sakes. Anyway, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Uh, Muranase Setangakuen. This is coming out in April, and uh, this is uh, I think this is for. Uh, or no, this anime is already out, isn't it? Isn't this the one with the cat girls and shit? Yeah, this is the one that Crimson Demon Blade was telling me to watch. Right? Oh, okay, this is an article that's revealing new cast members. Okay, I getcha. I getcha. No, I actually, and and I don't know why we didn't talk about this in the seasonal episodes or the first impressions or whatever, but I do want to watch this. It looks really cute. There's a wolf girl. There's a human guy who doesn't like animals. Then you got a, a panda girl. Her name is Mei Mei. And fucking lion. There's a lion. It's fucking amazing. Anyway. Uh, actually, we're going to put that at the end, too. And we'll skip that. Oh, here we go. Here's some interspecies reviewers updates. Biwako Broadcasting TV station adds interspecies reviewers anime, and they will start airing the anime Saturday, March 7th at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Uh, at least it's it's got a place to air. That's that's fine. That's good. I mean, people are already fucking torrenting it anyway. So I mean, <laughs> like I don't even know what to say. Like, I mean, whatever. If you want to watch it, there's plenty of ways to watch it. That's all I'm gonna say. But yeah, at least it's finally getting its TV time. There you go. So, um, made an abyss compilation films to stream on High Dive. So if you got High Dive, check it out, bitch. Um. So here's some two big pieces, man. These are pretty cool. Netflix partners with Clamp and Kendaichi, Gundam Thunderbolt, Goth, Marduk's Scramble, Termi Rome Creators for a new anime. The streaming service Netflix announced on Tuesday that it's forming partnerships with six Japanese creators. The streaming service is partnering with the manga creator group Clamp, X, X and Cardcaptor Sakura and Chobits, uh, manga creator Shin Kibiishi, The Drops of God, uh, Yasuo Otagaki, who did Mobile Gundam Thunderbolts, and Otsuichi, who did Goth Calling You and Zoo, 
Obukata, who did Let's Shibuya Dayan, Marduk Scramble, Psychopaths 2 and 3, and manga creator Mari Yamazaki, who did Olympia Kaiklos and Terme Rome. The partnerships will develop and produce original Japanese anime projects to stream in 190 countries and territories worldwide. In particular, Clamp has produced produced designs for 20 characters for an unannounced, unannounced anime project, and Kibayashi is working on an anime project by penning scripts and other text documents. That's pretty cool, man. Like little partnerships like this, you know, they can go a long way. You know, and you can you can cover more ground that way and create you know more things. Which brings me to my next thing: Crunchyroll revealed in a promotional video um, that they start a new partnership with uh, Webtoons to create uh, Tower of God anime, and we talked about that. Um, we talked about that a little bit ago. But they're also talking about, um, you know, adapting other things now um, uh, that are other Webtoon things. So it's pretty sweet, you know, Crunchyroll and Webtoon doing this collab. It's pretty sweet, man. Tower of God, it looks pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. It looks awesome. I'm excited to see what else they'll they'll possibly do and with this partnership. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, something of solo leveling. Like, if you're reading so I'm reading that right now. It's pretty sick. Which, like, solo leveling, like, the story itself is not, like, super amazing. It's just how how it carries you into each chapter with this OP guy, you know what I mean? So, it's pretty sweet. But, I'm excited for that. New partnerships like this get me excited. You know, you'll never know. Like, what happens at one time if, like, I don't know, Crunchyroll or, or like, okay, Hedy Akiyano, right? He's, he's... He's known for liking all kinds of American properties, okay? I mean, most most mangaka and most uh, uh, animators in Japan do. They love a lot of a lot of American things. But you know, we've already got things like Batman Ninja, okay? That's Batman's an American property, and they there's fucking anime of it. We had Gotham Knights, you know, like fucking five seven years ago that was made Gotham Knight, um, or was it eight years ago? Yeah, I think it was like eight years ago now. Yeah, Gotham Knight is fucking sick, by the way. If you've never seen Gotham Knight, you should watch it. It's basically Animatrix with Batman. Um, uh, five animated shorts by different studios. Um, I mean, it'd be so cool. You'd, get so, you'd cover so much shit, you know what I mean? Like, what if... Okay, Doctor Who, that's a UK property. What if Crunchyroll and the BBC do a partnership and they're like, we're going to do a fucking Doctor Who anime film? That would be cool. That would be sweet. What if they did an anime adaptation of The Day of the Doctor? That would be cool, man. That would be sick. Like, I know we see it all the time, right? Like, we've gotten the... We got the Avengers, like, disc anime. We got some other Marvel anime and DC things here and there. But more collabs like this. It's like, these are two Asian countries, okay? Japan and Korea coming together. That's important. I think in a, in a world where everyone is so set on tearing each other apart it's things like this that will piece it back together you know common interests things like that i think that's important to remember going forward you know what i mean like more collabs like this not only give us cool things we want to see be adapted but also just like uniting under a fandom and that's anime animation that's entertainment you know i mean it's awesome more artists can get discovered that way I'm excited. I'm excited to see more of this. I hope more of this happens. But the trailer for Tower of God, though, whew, looks super sick. 
that being said, hope you guys enjoyed this. I love you guys very much. Thank you for listening every week. Um, you've made my rough week better already. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Uh, I've been Sam, and this has been the Anime Summit Newscast. Mm-hmm.